Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have the great Lisa Alphabet on this morning. <laughs> Hey, Marchesoni, do you remember when nobody could pronounce your name here in Rutherford County? <laughs> a lot of people still can't uh, pronounce it Truman, but that's okay. Uh, you are one of the nicest, smartest people I have ever known. And how in the world you got into the print business, I'll never know. But you you started in McMinn County, right? Right. Now, who were you, who who did you uh, what newspaper did you write for? Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on here today. <laughs> I'm just excited to be with you and oh, it's uh, spend fun. some time with you. Yeah, you you're special. Well, thank you. You are too. I started at the Daily Post Athenian. I graduated from MTSU and went straight to McMinn County, uh-huh. which is the home seat of Athens, Tennessee. Yeah. And didn't know a soul when I moved over there. Now people can read in 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 <laughs> Mac. Is is that right, McMinn County? It is a rural county. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a very progressive little city. Yeah. Now you're uh, that's where you were kind of raised, right? No, I grew up in Manchester. Oh, really? Yes. I don't remember that for some reason. It doesn't hit home. But I can remember when I first met you, you were uh, with the Daily News Journal. Yes. And uh, you were working for Charlie Morris at that time. At that time, yes. He owned the newspaper, which of a number of other newspapers. And most of them would be considered local newspapers, right? Yes. And you were far and above most of the reporters that that they ever had there. I mean, um, you had a you had a heart to go along with what you, the the information that you were giving everybody, and you were one of the few that wanted to put positive things in the paper rather than negative. I know that you and I had a situation many years ago. I'm not going to go into it. But uh, it was one of those that would be negative toward me a little bit. And you tried your best to get the uh, editor at the time uh, not to put it in the paper. And you, uh, the other lady that was, was she with the, the, the Tennessean? I think, I, I, think I, so. I believe that's right. Y'all came in and talked to me, and you both ended up bawling. And uh, <laughs> I... I, I, I I really felt sorrier for the youth, <laughs> and I did me. But it, it tells you one thing: the um, the editors have a lot of power with the newspapers, don't they? They do. They are the guide. It's like being sheriff. They're mm-hmm. the guide for the department. Yeah. So um, 
you had a you had a number of times that uh, you were not happy with the way that they were guiding you, and most people will look at uh, the, what you have written, and they will look at you, but in a lot of cases, that is not what you wanted to put in print. There were a few times, Truman, but not very many. Yeah. Um, Mike Pertle was the editor, and I thought he was fair, mm -hmm. and he understood the community. Yeah. Or he, he still lives here. He still understands the community. Yeah. How important is it to be part of the community when, when, you, when you write for the, the media in print? Oh, I think it's crucial to yeah. know the community. Um, all of the reporters lived in Rutherford County, had some time in Rutherford County. I think about Mike West. Yeah. Who grew up in, in Murfreesboro. He had a real sense of what this community is about. Mm -hmm. um, he loved Murfreesboro. He, he still lives in Murfreesboro. He's retired now. And I think he was kind of a guide for us. He loves history. Yeah. And that's a, that was important because he knew a lot about the history right here in our community. Yes. Yes. It was, um, I can't remember how long ago, but I remember when uh, Charlie sold the newspaper here. He did. Which I never understood because... Uh, the Daily News Journal was a very fine paper at that time. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think it was probably his biggest cash cow uh, in the newspaper business. But um, when it was bought out, it, it wasn't a local paper anymore. It, it, it turned out to be... You see more things from outside our community and outside the state in the paper than you do the local things. And... and um, they they really trimmed down the staff that they had at the Daily News Journal at the time. I think part of the reason is that people don't read newspapers as much anymore. Um, they don't advertise in local newspapers, and that's the revenue was lessened. Well, sure it was because it wasn't a local paper anymore. And people were dying for it. A lot of us thought that the Murfreesboro Post would end up going to a daily newspaper. And, it, of course, the, the expenses, as you mentioned, were a lot more when you have a daily paper trying to keep up but keep it um, uh, present day as far as the news is concerned. And um, I think that... Uh, it's lost on both sides right now as far as uh, the newspaper. Um, it's really almost comical anymore when people talk about it. And uh, it's, I hate to see that because I, w I grew up, like most people my age, we would take uh, two newspapers at the time. Uh, one or two out of Nashville, and then the one here. And, of course, Smyrna had one, and we put pretty much couldn't wait to get it in our hands. And now it's it doesn't seem to be relevant anymore. I think part of it is the culture that we're living in today. Yeah. I don't think people consume news as much as they used to. Our generation, um, I read the newspaper all the time. Yeah. I mean, from cover to cover. Now, you, you, when you started here, you were uh, covering uh, law enforcement. Yes. 
and that's where I first got to meet you. And I was so happy to see you come in because you uh, treated in a truthful manner. And and if we told you something, uh, that's what was going to end up in print. And nothing was made up and, and, and those type of things. And, and um, I think that's one reason that the print media is dying out right now. Because a lot of people, they just don't really... Uh, I know we talk about it at our uh, coffee table in the morning. And uh, everybody pretty much calls our uh, newspaper the news, Newsless Journal. And it, it pretty much fits in. I mean, it really does. Now, you left during that time when the the, the new uh, company took over. I did. And when, when I saw that you were leaving, I said, gosh, we've got to have her. Because you, um, you knew a lot about law enforcement in our community from the way that you covered it. And... You covered almost every aspect that there was as far as crime and, and those type things. And you have done such a remarkable job representing uh, the Sheriff's Department here in Rutherford County. Well, thank you. And uh, uh, when Lisa puts something out, you can take it to the bank. I mean, you really do hit it right. And, and you represent the, the Sheriff's Department uh, very, very well, Lisa. Well, thank you, Truman. Yeah. I started out working in Athens, Tennessee, and it was a rural community. And just to tell you how times have changed, mm-hmm. that was 40-something 40, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write about crime in courts, and the editor told me I couldn't because I was a woman, and he was afraid. you got to be kidding. I'm not kidding you. And he was afraid that I would get hurt and if I wrote about crime in courts. So I waited and waited. I wrote about school boards and other things and wrote some business stories. And mm-hmm. finally we got another editor, and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to write about crime in courts. And he said, okay, you've got it. And so that's how I, I became involved in writing about law enforcement. Yeah. That's always been a love of mine. Where did you meet the young lady that was uh, dispatching <laughs> in McMahon at the time? Ginger Irons. Yes. <laughs> um, Ginger was a, one of the dispatchers, mm-hmm. and we became friends, and mm-hmm. she's probably one of my closest friends now. Yeah, she's one of these corn-fed ladies. She is? Yeah. Do you want to tell the story about Ginger? You can tell it. Um, I brought Ginger over to meet you because mm-hmm. she was interested in dispatch. And yeah. This was probably in the early 90s. Yeah, I think so. And you went back and took her to dispatch and introduced her to one of the dispatchers who was working that day. Yeah. And the dispatcher's husband was a deputy who was in the lobby. And you told... Um, the dispatcher that the deputy in the lobby was making eyes at Ginger. <laughs> and you could see the rage in that dispatcher's <laughs> eyes. Well, Ginger, who's a smart girl, yes, she's smarter than me. She figured, Nobody's smarter than you, Lisa. <laughs> I don't think so. But Ginger figured out what was going on. And you were walking first down the hallway, and Ginger was right behind you, and I was behind Ginger. 
and she hauled off, and she's a corn-fed yeah. girl from <laughs> rural McMinn County. Yeah. And she raised that arm back, and she knocked you in the shoulder. And it was unexpected, and you tripped a moment. And I thought, oh, my career is gone in Rutherford <laughs> County. <laughs> you know, you got to have a sense of humor. And, and, uh, and I think that's one of the things that, that made you special. You didn't take everything so seriously. You, you, you have to be able to look at it in a broad perspective, or it, it really doesn't hit home r- really right, does it? No, it doesn't. You have um, you've seen things change in Rutherford County. I have. Um, and, of course, we both have. Um, what do you, how do you feel like uh, law enforcement is heading... I don't think that we are affected like a lot of these major cities and and some of the negative things that are going on. I think that we still respect the people in the law enforcement community as much as we always have. And but and I think that what's going on in other areas has caused people here to um, go over and tell uh, officers how much they respect them and how, and how much they appreciate them keeping our community safe and, and things like that. That's got to be, uh, and I'm sure that you see it a lot because uh, in many ways you're the voice of the law enforcement community. At the sheriff's office. At the sheriff's <laughs> office, yeah, but uh, they kind of look at us all, the cities and the county, pretty much... Uh, all, all, all the same, I think. I think Rutherford County is blessed to have good law enforcement throughout the cities and the counties in Rutherford County. Um, in other counties, the police chiefs might not get along with the sheriff or they might have some conflicts. But in here, it feels like it's very seamless. Yeah. The chiefs and the sheriff seem to get along, and I think that's been true in, in many years here. Yeah. When 911 was first voted in, uh, we had board and uh, and still have a board. Yes. And uh, at one time, I think that the 911 uh, um, relationship was pretty much respected all the way across the country because here um, we didn't let. Uh, we all respected each other yes. on the board, and we had been backing up each other for many, many years, and uh, it was one of those situations that we always seemed to be on the same page as what the particular needs were for our community, and uh, I um, I think that's pretty much carried on Um you remember Steve Lane? He yes. he was one, probably the one that initiated the 911 situation, probably more than anyone else. And and bless his heart, he he doesn't live here anymore. He's down in Florida enjoying all that sun and his ship and all that <laughs> stuff. So I, I do miss him. But we 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 have a friendship in. When we were at the, uh, when I was at the sheriff's office, um, I, I think the respect there was all the way across the board. It, it really was, and and uh, I, I I still hold them like family. You like family, yes. and and it, it seems like that we did just about everything together back in in those particular days, and 
And uh, you are the face of the sheriff's department right now because when something happens, they start calling you. How do you feel about that since you were the one that was, you were on the other side of the fence, you might say, in that particular area? Has that changed your thinking at all about the press, the media, and how they do their jobs? One thing that I have seen, one trend, is that there is a lot of turnover now Mm -hmm. among reporters, broadcast people, Mm -hmm. and they don't have the institutional knowledge. Yeah. So there's so many people that you try to train and and get them acclimated to what is done at the sheriff's office and how we handle things. That's one of the biggest things I see. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are still many people, many older journalists who are still around who still um, really care about the communities. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad there's that balance there, uh, that we have people who who know the history, know the history of the sheriff's office, and respect that. Um, We still have people at the News Journal who have been there for some time, many veterans there. And you don't have many veterans at the News Journal. Well, there's a few. <laughs> you got a couple. Well, a couple. Yeah, because most of them are gone. The ones that yes. you worked with, yes. except for maybe one or two, are no longer there. And and you have to put the money in. Do you remember how many people were at the Daily News Journal when when you were there? I think the newsroom had about 30 people, including the sports staff. Yeah. And then you had a large group that were in sales, yes, and and promotions and things like yes. that. So, uh, I know you had over a hundred people at one time. We did, and now it's a handful. That's about it. Yes, and, and you can't report the news. I, I know that what I don't remember what time the deadline was back when you were there. But I know it's it's very limited right now because you never get uh, it on time. You never get the news on time because they don't have the staff for it. I think the deadlines are earlier um, in the day for the next day's paper Yeah. right now. Um, we were fortunate because we had the press in the building. Yeah. And our deadline was like late in the morning, and we put out the afternoon issues. Yeah. For many years, and then before switching to a morning newspaper. Do you ever remember having a story that was going to be beyond the deadline, and they would hold that for you? Stop the presses! Stop the presses! Truman, in all honesty, the only time we stopped the press, and that was when I worked in Athens, Tennessee. Yeah. And somebody had one of the the Mayfield family. Mm-hmm. was very famous for their milk and dairy products. Yeah. And in the lifestyle section, they had put the wrong picture in for one of the Mayfields who had gotten married, and they stopped the press to change that and put the right picture in. But I think that was one of the few times that I remember stopping the press. You have got to be kidding me. I am me. not kidding you. So if it was an hour or two hours that would go beyond... Uh, when, when you wanted the the paper f- for the last printing or yes. whatever, uh, 
That's the only time you can ever remember it. See, I, 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 that's hard with all the things that have gone on in Rutherford County over all these years. It's, it's a, it's a, I, I could see, uh, I can't remember what that Cary Grant, uh, movie was at the time, but he was, he owned the newspaper and he was the editor and everything like that. And, uh, um, he had this lady that had been his wife before and she was his top gun as far as news and everything like that. Um, I don't, I, there's not any editors left in this particular area. And I'm concluding all of Davidson County also. There's not any left when you were uh, still there. I don't think so. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you, have you developed a lot of friendships from the time that you first came here in the news business? Yes, yes. Um, Mike Pertle will always be a friend of mine, and Mike mm-hmm. West. They are two people that I respect for their their integrity and for their love of the newspaper business. Yeah. And then you have people that uh, would be more comical. Let's put Dan Whittle in there. Yes. See, Dan Whittle w- was um, on the uh, law enforcement beat there for a while, for a pretty good while. And it was funny to watch the way that he would develop his news. Of course, he's, he's, he's gone from us now, and of course we all miss him. But people with those type of personalities... They get a lot of attention, don't they? Dan always got attention no matter where he went. Yeah. Now, how was the newsroom? I remember I went in there one day and uh, to uh, to see some of the other guys, and and I had a, 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 a I had an open door policy to go into the newsroom yes, and see them, and it was uh, it was quite interesting to me because I saw him behind his uh, um, typewriter. And he was sound asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And the excuses he could make for those particular type situations when you would catch him and and those things, it was priceless. It really was. Now, you guys, y'all had all kinds of entertainment there. You would have your Christmas parties and all of those things that went on. And and, uh, it was uh, very amusing. Dan was always a source of of information and entertainment. Yeah. Uh, who was your favorite of all the editors? You've already mentioned Mike, but uh, some of the others that probably were a level above there that actually ran the newspaper itself. Dan Goodwin and I worked weekends. And he was a good editor. He was a news editor. Dan Goodwin uh, came by to see me yesterday, and we had the best time. Bless his heart. He uh, he was one of our best investigators. Yes. And uh, he and uh, Bill Sharp actually did the cold case uh, murders and, and uh, actually prosecuted quite a few of those that were 20 years old and, and even further. And... With him being there, I, I, I kind of relate you and he together because uh, what he learned in, in the newspaper business, he carried on uh, in the law enforcement. 
And I've seen that quite a bit because you see uh, in Davidson County, they've had a lot of their reporters go into law enforcement, and there has to be a particular draw. Is it what you see while you're there and the people that are you actually uh, deal with as far as law enforcement? Because I still believe that law enforcement people are the best people in the world. I do, too. Yeah. Law enforcement people really care about their communities. They care about the people they serve. When I think about Dan's career, mm-hmm. um, I, I think about the Laura Salmon murder, oh, yes. which was just one of the devast- most devastating things that happened in, in Rutherford County, I think. Um, but Dan was at MTSU with Laura, mm-hmm. and I believe he knew her. So when he came to the sheriff's office and became a, a detective in the cold case unit, that case was personal to him. Oh, yeah. I remember that case very well. And I think it was one of the more emotional uh, crimes that, and the everything that was involved in it, it hit home with a lot, a lot of people. Uh, she was young. She was uh, one of these people. Their family was very well known during that time. And uh, it was one of those that... Um, um, I see we're going to have to take a quick break, but it was one of those I can still remember after it was solved, we went out to the gravesite of where she was buried, and uh, they had a candlelight-type situation out there. And the family, uh, when something like that happens, you never get over that. No. And and that's the, that's the really bad thing about law enforcement we always got to see the worst of everything, and it, it does make an impact on you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Lisa Marchesoni. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Have you been hoping to win $1,000 a day every day for the rest of your life with the added excitement of a chance to win instantly? Well, with Cash for Life with Quick Cash, today could be your lucky day. Give it a try. Simply add Quick Cash to your next Cash for Life purchase for a chance to win instantly. But wait, there's more. Then watch the nightly Cash for Life drawing to see if you win $1,000 a day or week for life. Cash for Life with Quick Cash, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Somewhere out there, a math teacher's school loans were forgiven, allowing her to focus on paying it forward, not back. Somewhere out there, a parent is breathing easier, knowing their child's college education will cost a little less. Somewhere out there, a Hope Scholarship just helped a student open the door to a brighter future. And they all have players like you to thank for the $5.5 billion raised for education. Because every time someone plays the Tennessee Lottery, education wins. The Tennessee Education Lottery, game-changing, life-changing fun. 
I'm Betsy Maples-Taylor with Maples Realty and Auction Company in Murfreesboro. Experience the beauty of country living, the luxury of a custom home, and the closeness to Murfreesboro. All that and more is what the Maples Murfreesboro offers. Stop by and see for yourself. You'll love calling the Maples home. More at MaplesRealtyAndAuction.com or call 615-896-4740. Maples Realty and Auction. In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net. And make sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1 for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Captain Trish Knott of the local Salvation Army says that gifts are needed for names on the angel trees in Rutherford County, which can be found in Murfreesboro. Come by our office at 1137 West Main and select an angel off our tree or at the Stones River Mall on their center court tree. The angel tree program has been serving children with gifts and clothing for Christmas since 1979. State lawmakers may be called into a special session to discuss education issues brought on by the ongoing coronavirus outbreak. Governor Bill Lee's office said he's considering options to ensure Tennessee students and educators have the resources and support they need to succeed during the most challenging school year in the state's history. Governor Lee's office added his administration will continue to work with the General Assembly on the issue to do what's appropriate moving forward. Police in Murfreesboro on the lookout for two suspects accused of stealing $4,000 in cash from the Shell gas station on Northwest Broad on December 4th. One of the suspects allegedly distracted employees while the other went into the manager's office and took the money. They left in a dark-colored vehicle. Security photos and information on who to call if you recognize them is online on our website, WGNSRadio.com. Chad David Braley has been arrested in Rutherford County, accused of possessing 100 or more child pornography pictures. Braley faces several charges and was arrested under a sealed indictment that was served this past June. He's scheduled to be in courts this Friday. We are all over social media. Let me tell you how you can get there. Go to Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio and click the like button. And then just follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. We at Fair Construction offer a 24-hour emergency service. Whether your shingles are blown off your roof, you have a tree on your roof, or if your whole house flooded, we offer a 24-hour emergency service. That's why it's important to shop local. They're your neighbors, and they take care of you. We're family here at Fair Construction. We care about you. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Call 615-893-6120. That's Fair Construction Company. French's Shoes and Boots is your holiday shopping headquarters. Find gifts for everyone on your list at unbeatable prices. Leather work boots from $29.99 or any style of Tennessee work boot for just $99.99. Plus, hey dudes, for men, women, and kids are back in stock and going fast. Don't miss the hottest gifts of the season. Hurry to French's Shoes and Boots for the most wonderful deals of the year. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 
located at 1837 South Church Street. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon. We'll see high in the low 60s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies and a low near 35. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 33. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Lisa Marchesoni. And uh, you have a lot of memories that kind of uh, uh, span in an area where your uh, career in, in reporting and then, uh, then in law enforcement, they kind of meet in, in in some ways as far as the knowledge of a lot of crimes that have gone on in this community, Lisa. And um, the Laura Salmon case is one that uh, I know that affected you a lot while you were uh, reporting during that time. It did. Truman, when I first started, I remember talking to Bob Asbury, mm-hmm. who was one of your detectives yeah. and a longtime employee. And I rode on a midnight shift with Bob one night, mm-hmm. and he talked to me about the Laura Salmon case. And this was in the early eight, uh, early 90s. Yeah. And it affected him. And I was, I was really struck at how, how he felt about the case because it has not been, had not been solved. Mm-hmm. And the city was involved in it as well, and Captain Gooch, who was over the Walter, dete- Gooch, Walter yeah. Gooch, who was uh-huh. over the detective division at Murfreesboro at the time, he talked about the case, and he was haunted about it as well. Yeah, Walter was a very good uh, uh, law enforcement person over at the city. Everybody respected him. Yes, yes. But so I knew that that case left a lot of people unsettled. I think mm-hmm. that might be a good word. And, you know, with Dan being involved with it, with Bill and you starting the cold case unit, mm-hmm. they were really able to take the time and, and work on it. And through the DNA, they were able to help solve it. And you never give closure. You never get closure as, no. as a family. You never forget that. And But I think it brought some peace to Laura's family and friends once, once the case was over with. If you, law enforcement people see everything when when it's involving a murder case, and they see the damage that was done to the victim, and I will never forget uh, seeing Laura over there in that open field, um, and and the damage that had been done to her, and she was such a a, a young girl. She was a pretty girl. She was. Uh, uh, everybody uh, loved her, and uh, it, her relationship with this individual um, 
probably wasn't a, a very positive relationship because he was one of those people that uh, uh, didn't mind assaulting uh, his girlfriend and, and things like that. And uh, you, you could almost, when we first got word of it and uh, what had happened, we went out to the scene and 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 did all the preliminary work and 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 the photos and everything like that, but his history with her w was not a pleasant one at all. And uh, once the um, we started looking at the possible suspects, it pretty much aimed toward this individual. But it's like a lot of murder cases that you have. Uh, you have to eliminate all the other suspects, and that's and of course his attorney, who was one of the best attorneys here yes. in in Rutherford County, threw a net around him, and we couldn't do all of the questioning that we wanted to at the time. And um, the the detectives did a great job in doing the preliminary investigation on it and keeping all the um, evidence uh, available for whenever we had could step over and, and uh, make the arrest on him. But uh, uh, Guy Dotson did a wonderful job of giving us information as far as when to take this particular suspect, arrest him, and then take him to court. And obviously, we did not have that thing that would just absolutely... Uh, make the difference in us having a comfortable case against this particular individual. And here in Rutherford County, we had the best uh, district attorney in the state of Tennessee in Guy Dotson, and then later on Bill Weitzel. And uh, we were uh, we 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 were, were agitated a little bit because we felt like we, we were ready to take. We had eliminated all the suspects and everything like that. But I'd go talk to Guy, and he said, Truman, we might get a guilty, or we might not. And if we don't, he's done. He's free. And there's nothing else we can do about him. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And that's why I don't think that here in Rutherford County, we've ever sent a man to the penitentiary that really had a possibility of being found innocent because, I mean, when you cover all the bases, you've pretty much done everything that can be done in those type situations. But uh, as you remember, um, uh, as science became more a part of law enforcement and, and the evidence uh, procedures, uh, thank goodness that our detectives had made all the uh, uh uh, they had covered just about everything that could be covered as far as um, trying to get the evidence to make sure that we have got the right guy. And we, we pretty much knew it the whole time. But anyway, when the cold case guys came in, uh, Dan and, and uh, Bill, uh, they were able to utilize all the developments that had had been uh, uh, made during uh, the time in between. I can't even remember what the difference, uh, how, how much time went by before we actually arrested him down in Florida. But uh, it, it, it was a number of years. 
But uh, in fact, he had, he had his own family down there uh, in Florida when the arrest was made. But um, I, it brought relief to a lot of people here in the law enforcement community in Rutherford County. Truman, there's another case that happened in 1978 that remains unsolved. Mm -hmm. it w hey, you're my guest. How come I'm doing all the talking? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, hon. <laughs> I, I, I love to hear you laugh. I, I, can't, I can't stand just sit here and you're not laughing. Okay. Um, let me be serious for a minute. Okay. Um, th this man is called John Doe because... Nobody has been able to identify him yet. Yeah. But his body was found in August 1978 at Pool Knob mm -hmm. near Laverne, and I'm sure you remember this. Yes, I do. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it's been an You open... keep pointing the finger at me, young lady. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, hon. I appreciate the young part. Yeah. You are young. <laughs> Thank you. But... Detectives through the years have been trying to, to identify this man. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about during the break, he had a surgery, a heart surgery, mm -hmm. with a really different kind of scar on it, yeah. on his left on his body. And he had dentures that were not made in a factory or mm -hmm. in a lab. And that was unusual. And those were examined by a dentist in Manchester who couldn't find it out. I mean, couldn't find any evidence of where those dentures were made. Yeah. So there were some unusual things about him, but it remains unsolved. Um, Detective Richard Brinkley is working on the case now. Bless his heart. But he is, um, through his contacts, he has learned about this company called Orthrum, and they do extensive DNA research. Mm -hmm. They are but they need money to operate. So they are collecting, they're trying to get people to donate money to this company. And they will do the extensive research in hopes of identifying him through DNA. Mm -hmm. He had been in the water a long time. And uh, he, he had been bound, and, and uh, it was one of those... Um, crime scenes that you remember because I'd never seen anything like it before. And it was almost like someone did it that um, maybe had a uh, an education in those type murders. And uh, when we went out there, I mean, there was not a whole lot. I mean, he, he had been there so long, his body had just started to... Um, pretty much decay right there in the water he was you 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 would never be able to identify him by looking at him it, it, it had gone that bad so um and and you're right that that, that particular um operation that he had had was very rare and we did our best to try to find out um since it was so unusual that maybe somebody could come forward and, and, and maybe identify the individual because you weren't going to do it by any other process the way he looked at that time. But um, um, 
it was one of the mo- more unusual uh, crime scenes I've ever seen there in, in in that water, the way it's bound up and everything like that. Detective Brinkley really believes there's a family out there who's still searching for the answers. And we're hoping... How long has that been now? 1978. Oh, my. So, you know, maybe there's a child, maybe there's um, a sister, brother, somebody who who may be wondering still what happened to him. Yeah. Well, during that period of time, there's there's probably a lot of family members that have gone missing and and, and they don't know what happened to them in that period. It, um, in, the, in those particular cases... Um, it, it really doesn't leave you very much as far as being able to identify that particular individual. No, it doesn't. We have a sketch of him on the our, the sheriff's office Facebook page mm-hmm. and information about how you can donate. Yeah. And you know, even you know, if you could donate five or ten dollars. Now, 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 give me a background on this particular company and what 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 is what will be the, the direction that that they would go as far as being able to identify it okay Oathrum is it's a fairly new company yeah but they um have people donate dna and they use their own um dna specimens i guess is the right word and or samples and they use it from other sources mm-hmm. and they try to just mine until they find a match and they've been successful. They've had a, a couple of cases. It's a fairly new company. But if you look on the, the sheriff's Facebook page and, and find the picture of the, the sketch, there's information about Othram. And you can link to this page that they have the specific details about this John Doe case. What is, what is their background themselves? Because um, uh, the people that are there that established the company, because... For for whatever reason, I can't I can't uh, place them at all. It, it's a it's a new company, Truman. Yeah. Um, and they Richard um, learned about them through a, a I think it was a forensic doctor that he's been working with mm-hmm. recommended this company. Um, and again, they're they're fairly new, but they have solved a couple of crimes through their research and their DNA. Has our professor over at the university that, that deals in forensic type thing, it, does he have a, a, a knowledge, any type of background on them? I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it. Oh, okay. But um, I think they they have talked to Dr. Bass. Mm-hmm. And this, Knoxville. Yes, Knoxville. at the body farm. And this yeah. man's, John Doe's body is still at the body farm. Wow. How is he keeping that going? <laughs> Dr. Bass can work miracles. <laughs> yes, he can. He's special. And and he, he and he has testified in a number of cases over the years. He has. Yeah. That's a, uh, so how tell me again how they get uh, uh can they go through the sheriff's office to do that or uh do they have to go work directly with this uh, with company, they, people who want to donate work directly with Othram. Um, the sheriff's office is not collecting the money. Yeah. Um, but they um, they they just have this large database, mm-hmm. and they invite people to d- give their DNA. 
Yeah. So they can match it to other unsolved crimes throughout the country. Wow. How did they end up in, what was it, Coffee County? Is that where they are? No, I don't know where they're based. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember where they're based. So how in the world do they uh, donate to that particular? And, and do they donate to for this particular crime? You can donate to this. You can donate money to the particular crime to have it solved, help have it solved, and then if you want to donate your DNA, you can do that through their website as well. Why would you want to do that? Because there might be other unsolved crimes in the country. So you're saying the law enforcement agency would donate? No, no. People, I I'm am, sorry. I, I, am, I, I'm at, I'm, I'm at sea. I'm at loss right now. Let me try this again. Okay, because I, I, I I, I'm totally out of sync with, with, with this particular issue. Okay. Um, the company's name is Othram, mm -hmm. and they have a web page where people can donate their DNA and help build their base in case, like, if somebody has a a relative who's missing, they can submit their DNA, mm -hmm. and that will be in the data bank for as they they work on different different cases throughout the country. For our particular case with John Doe, um, the detectives are asking that people donate money to help this company search their data banks for DNA. I see where you're going. I, I am. I'm lost on this. It's a new, far com if, it's if a new if company, and they need the funding to to do their work. I don't know what I would do if I was in charge right now of the direction to go with it. I think that the detectives have tried very, very many avenues. Oh, I'm sure. And, this and you have to cover everything, but this is the first time I've ever heard being involved in something of this type. Um, Detective Brinkley has talked to different people mm -hmm. in the field of forensic anthropology. Of course. And feels comfortable with his company. Yeah. Okay. So he, he he's using this as another avenue to help solve the case. Yeah. Well, you have to try everything, um, especially one that's going to be this difficult. But uh, it's been, what, 30, over 30 years yes. since, since this happened. And I, I can still... After all this time, I could still see him, and mm -hmm. and what the mostly what the situation was at the time. I think the detectives who have worked this case have always felt like they wanted to identify him for the family. Yeah. For a family who may not know whatever happened to him. Yeah. Well, and 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 is he doing cold case uh, crimes he's right working, now? Yes, he's working some of the cold How, cases. Who, who all have you got working cold cases? I think Ty Downing's working some of them as well. Yeah. People don't realize that that how time-consuming those particular issues are because you've got to go all the way back from the time that the crime has been committed and cover everything in between as far as the cold case detectives. They haven't been the same all no. these years, and uh, each one of them had their own particular ideas, and, and they would bring them, and we'd sit down and talk to them in the office, and uh, 
um, you know, you have to be just totally focused on that particular crime that you're working. And uh, I remember uh, Bill Weitzel would, would go with them a lot of times to some of the uh, investigations that, that we're involved in. But it, it always amazed me that the commitment of those particular detectives, and I, I don't know how they ever slept because they were totally focused the entire time and trying very hard not to um, uh, misjudge some of the other uh, uh, trails that they were following. It, it, it is very difficult during that time. But we've had the, uh, we were blessed here in Rutherford County. We had some of the best, um, all the way across the board, some of the best law enforcement people that uh, you could ever imagine. And, and, of course, we've lost them over the years to the FBI and, and other places. But um, most of them were just totally focused on Rutherford County. And they loved living here. And, uh, and, we, and it, it makes a difference in the community how you're able to relate to those particular individuals. And here in Rutherford County, we have been very blessed to have be able to represent the the uh, people who live here in our community. I think the people who work the murder cases are especially dedicated and committed to, to solving the cases. It consumes your whole life, and you never forget it. And and that's the thing about it is uh, it can convict, uh It'll affect you in a lot of ways, both negatively and, and once you are able to solve those particular cases and and that you know that you have the uh, right person that committed those crimes. There's there, there's an elation there, but uh, the negative stuff, it never leaves you also. And uh, people that have uh, been able to witness those type of things that have occurred, um, um, it's a lifetime experience. It does stay with you, doesn't it? Did, did, do you remember ever going to a, a, a murder situation that um, uh, you were able to experience some of the things that were going on at the time and talking with some of the uh, officers that were involved? You will probably remember this case. It was in 1977. Mm-hmm. And, there were, and I was an intern at the DNJ then. And it was a case by the investigated by the sheriff's office, but a woman's body was found in a ravine in mm-hmm. a wooded area. Mm-hmm. And in those days, people weren't. I mean, the relationship between the newspaper and a lot of media people and law enforcement was a lot closer. They would let reporters actually come into the scene. And I remember being really close and watch and seeing the woman's body and watching the work of the detectives as they processed the scene. Was that the one that was down at the bottom of a ravine? It looked like a you're standing on top of a volcano or something, and yes. you look down yes. in it. Yeah, that was one of the. You see, the city and the county both worked okay. that particular case, and. Um, um, David Dinkins, who had just passed away yes. recently, he he was one of the officers, and uh, thought the world of him and and, and Chuck Vaughn, and uh, we were out there. And what had happened is, 
this woman and her uh, friend were kind of kind of just sleeping outside. They had, uh, if I remember, they had uh, these uh, bed rolls that they were uh, in sleeping in, and there was a, a younger couple that were there together, and we had to um, kind of. Uh, follow the the direction of finding out about everybody that was there and what they're involved in and and um, we did uh, arrest uh, an individual uh, that night in fact I went over there and, and got uh, arrested him out of his house but uh, his uh, that's that's part of having the relationship his dad uh, knew me and and I was familiar with the family and um uh, he had a weapon inside the house, but uh, his dad told him that it was me, and he wanted him to come out of hiding, and he did. And and um, it was a um, pretty airtight case in a way, but uh, anyway, uh, he was sent to the penitentiary for for her murder, and uh, uh, it's one of those cases that still haunts me today so there are cases that uh, they won't let you go I mean you can't get them out of your mind no. so but can we talk about happy some happy events no I like this terrible <laughs> stuff that you're you've got me in a bad mood already and I'm, I, <laughs> well let me draw you out of it <laughs> all right um when you were sheriff, you helped start the SRO program, mm-hmm. which I think is still one of the best programs at the sheriff's office. And I love the way the SROs interact with the children. Oh, yes. It's special. Especially this year when with COVID. And I want to talk about um, SRO Chad Dodson at Las Casas Elementary. Mm-hmm. He... Um, saw that the kids were kind of down. They had to wear the mask, and they were separate, a little separated, and he just wanted to bring some happiness to the school. Mm-hmm. So he brought a little stuffed animal and put him in a mask. Masking, they, Chad and the stuffed animal have mask, matching mask. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And they would go around and, and visit with the kids as they go to school or go to the cafeteria and one of the kids says, well, what's Pancake, or what's the dog's name? And he named the dog Pancake because he said, I like Pancake. So I just, that was one of the first thoughts that popped into his mind. Mm-hmm. So Pancake goes everywhere with Officer Dodson through the school, and he patrols outside. He rides in the patrol car, and he's just become a really hit at, at Las Casas Elementary. Pancake. Pancake. You think of a law enforcement officer, you know, being tough and all this <laughs> stuff, and he comes up with pancake. Well, you have to remember his audience. Yeah. And he likes pancakes. So the SRO supervisors went over and cooked pancakes one day for the kids. Oh, wow. Uh, which ones? Um, let's see. Brad was, was Brad, Brad one of them. Captain Brad Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. I think um, Sergeant... Um, McClure was there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't McClure. Let me think. Yes, it was Casey McClure. And um, I'm trying to think of who else was there. 
Bryant Wright was there, and I think Alan Gardner. You know, uh, I remember the officers so well, the ones that were the first one, first, first 10 years or so, that I, I still remember every one of them. And they all had their uh, different personalities, which the kids just absolutely, they, they, they jump on that to start with. And Bubba Howe, who was at Rockvale, um, those that knew Bubba, you know, he wasn't a regular guy. He, he had a different personality. But there was something about him that the kids loved. And as soon as they would come into school, they would run to him, hug him, and and uh, they would just hold on to him. He he was kind of their rock. Uh, uh, there was just something special about how Bubba interacted, uh, interacted with all the kids that were involved there. And uh, uh, when you've got a school resource officer and you have kids in the school. Um, it's it's not a bad idea to work up a relationship with that school resource officer because uh, they're the ones that are probably the kids will relate to them better than they will anybody else because there's something about being a law enforcement officer, seeing that badge, and, and they know that they, if if they're having any particular problems, He's the one that's going to step forward in, in making sure everything's okay for them. Yes. And uh, it, they make an entire difference in that school. I remember when B B Bill Kennedy was at Oakland, those kids, it changed the entire pecking order at Oakland School during that time because all the, all the good kids knew who to go to if, if something was happening in that school that could affect them in a negative way. So... Um, it's important to have the right officers in those particular schools. Yes. And, yes. It, and if it's done correctly, they'll be the safest uh, schools anywhere in our country. And the SROs are taking 25 children to shop as part of the Shop with the Share program this weekend. Yeah. I so, got to go over. I didn't see you at uh, the Toots on 231 South, and I got to go over there and, and uh, eat, eat with the guys and, and, and give us a donation to make sure that um, the kids are going to have the type of presence they want. And they do such a great job. They really do. I, I am so proud of them. And I'm proud of you, Lisa. Uh, the time has, round, has run out. But uh, thank you for putting me under the gun, which you used to do when you were at the newspaper. Bless your heart. And, and uh, I always loved you, Lisa. I love you too, Truman. Thank you're, you. You're very special. And we're uh, this community is very lucky to have you there at the SO. Well, I'm glad that you have given me an opportunity, and that opportunity extends today, and that Mike has given me that opportunity as well. Yeah. Well... You're a major part, and and being the the voice of of, of the uh, sheriff's office is very important because um, you 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 give them you give the people here in our community a a really true look at, at what's going on and some of the things that are going on there. It, it would be good if if you would set up a uh, newspaper there right there right there at the sheriff's office where you could share with everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Lisa. We'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. 
from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 